Tom Dempsey, we have a studio guest that will not be on uh, audio. His name is Kevin Holmes. Nice. Kevin, you can't even listen if you don't have the headphones on. Oh, is that how it works? I can listen? Yes. Last time we talked, it was late Monday night from St. Louis. We're all back or close to getting back to Kansas City in the 41 Action News Podcast Studio. I'm digital producer Sam Hartle. I'm enjoyed in studio with reporter Stephen Dial. Reporter Tom Dempsey is joining us by phone. Guys, are you caught up on sleep or just trying to make it to the weekend or, or what's up? Man, it seemed like it's been like 10 days and it's only been four. I'm I'm okay. I'm happy that I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think what this day would be like if the uh, trial had actually happened. You know, it would be in the midst, in the middle of all of it, and uh, you know, all sorts of developments would be coming in. There's still all sorts of developments coming in, but uh, just no trial happening this week. We were all in St. Louis on Monday. Uh, Stephen, you went to Jeff City uh, for Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll get back to that in a second. Tom, you stayed in St. Louis for an extra couple of days. Uh, what did you find out? What's been the fallout from Monday's announcement by uh, by the state on dropping those charges? Been a you know kind of use the phrase a war of words. You know, dueling statements coming out from both sides. You know, as soon as the trial was over, um, you know, the, the the attorneys for Governor Eric Ryan's were accusing the prosecution of misconduct and outrageous misconduct. You know, they released a statement the day after uh, the decision was made. You know, taking aim at Don Tisby, the uh, lead investigator for the prosecution, accusing him of, you know, lying about his methods and, you know, the evidence that was collected and saying that they're going to possibly pursue perjury charges. And then, you know, the prosecution firing back and, you know, saying the defense team came to their office and, you know, threatened them if they continued pursuing charges against the governor. So it's really, you know, turning to the attorneys now and them going back and forth, like I said, with dueling statements and taking aim at each other. Um, you know, the big focus right now, as far as that invasion of privacy charge being dismissed, you know, again, like I said, the lead investigator being in a, you know, under investigation right now with police in St. Louis, and then if charges will be refiled, you know, you ask a lot of legal analysts, um, several attorneys I spoke to in St. Louis say they don't expect that to happen, but that doesn't mean the charges won't be refiled. You know, we just don't really know at this point. So those are the two focuses right now. I think the, the question that I had with Governor Greitens' legal team going after uh, you know, Kim Gardner and her staff, the charge was dismissed. I mean, presumably they can let sleeping dogs lie. What's the, you know, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here uh, as a journalist covering it, but you know, from a strategic standpoint, what's kind of behind, are they trying to, you know, uh, sow the seeds of doubt uh, for the other charge that her office might bring? Or, or, or what's the strategy, do you think, behind that? You know, that's that's a really good question, because I think for our viewers, it can get kind of confusing at this point. You know, is this theatrics or is there a lot of stuff there? And I think that really all depends on who you ask. If you ask, you know, the circuit attorney's office or, you know, I spoke to Jermaine Wooten, the uh, attorney for Don Tisby yesterday, and he was saying, you know, it's just an attempt by the defense attorneys to cause a distraction in all this. You know, get the attention off Governor Eric Greitens. Um, and, you know, put the focus instead on the circuit attorney's office, you know, for dismissing this case and Don Tisby for what they're calling perjury, you know. But on the flip side, you know, I think, uh, you know, the defense attorneys are really pushing this outrageous misconduct. You know, they were 
really, you know, I think one of the attorneys is saying, you know, in his whole career of, you know, working in law, you know, he's never seen this much, you know, misconduct. So, I mean, that's a kind of a tough challenge right now is kind of navigating through what's real, what could be political. But, you know, and I think it really all depends on which side you ask in regards to all this. You know, one side saying it's a distraction. The other saying, you know, take a close look at this misconduct that's occurring, you know, with these prosecutors. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Um, if you're listening, you're probably listening uh, either late Thursday or or Friday. Um, staying on the topic of attorneys, uh, and, and you guys will have to refresh my, my memory on this one. Uh, one of the other attorneys that came out this week uh, as, as a headline grabber, especially in the last couple of days, has been Al Watkins. And, and I don't know if one of you guys wants to uh, elaborate on, on the photo uh, of the money that, uh, that you know, kind of sort of just playing a, a central role in all this. Yeah, um, I know, and I know Tom uh, wants to talk about this. Tom got to meet Al Watkins this week, and uh, he's definitely a, a character and very lively and does not hold back his words. Um, I texted him this morning when I heard about this mystery picture of this $50,000 or whatever, thousands of dollars in an envelope, and he texted it to me. I said, why didn't you send me this in the first place? And he said, you didn't ask. For it, uh, he told me he submitted this photo to the FBI uh, sometime in January, maybe early February. This is before the trial was set to start, um, and you know his opinion or where he says the money came from is different from someone else who someone else who kind of came forward saying where they got the money from. This money issue has been a big thing, and it was something that Governor Grind's attorneys mentioned on Monday uh, when those charges were dismissed. They talked about uh, influencing witnesses with money and things like that. So this money has been a little, you know, headline stiller because I mean, you don't just see fifty thousand dollars in cash, and now that we see it in an envelope, you know, in a folder uh, being given to an attorney who's uh, so close to this investigation. So, Tom, what do you think? I know you talked to him uh, shortly after those charges were dismissed. I have worked in journalism for uh, eight years now, and I've one of the biggest characters I've ever met out in the field. I would I'd honestly put Al Watkins in the top five. I mean, he <laughs> is a character. You know, he loves to talk about this case. He is very theatrical in how he talks about it. You know, I wish I could go into some of the quotes he told us, but they're really not, uh, you know, family friendly, shall we say. Uh, you know, he, you know, he's very outspoken in regards to some of this stuff. Um, Stephen and Sam, I know you guys were making fun of me earlier this week for me saying, you know, keep it simple. Just keep you know, it simple. Case. But, <laughs> you know, I think Al Watkins, whenever our viewers see his name, uh, they should just think of, you know, the defense attorneys and, you know, Governor Eric Greitens saying, you know, this is a political witch hunt. And, you know, when you see this money getting pumped into Al Watkins, uh, again, the attorney for the ex-husband of the mistress, there's question as to, you know, who's pumping all this money to, you know, into this case? And, you know, could this just be an outside source trying to, you know, take aim at Governor Eric Greitens? It goes, plays into sort of in that narrative, in my opinion, of, you know, that this is a political witch hunt and how the Greitens team is really trying to, you know, you know, pump that narrative out there right now. And Sam, I know you, you're going to get into it, but, um, you know, and me and Tom both said, you know, out front, the Greitens team, they got to win, uh, regardless if, you know, you think this is a, uh, Tom said it's like a heavyweight fight. And that was maybe round four where the governor won. Um, you know, all of this invasion of privacy stuff is, in my opinion, going to start to take a backseat because the 
computer tampering charges where there's more of a paper trail, there's more hard evidence, not saying the governor did it, but there's way more physical evidence uh, that the special committee and that prosecutors will be looking at soon in courtroom. Well, it's so you mentioned that, uh, you know, kind of going to the, the back seat, so to speak, on the invasion of privacy charge. There's been a couple other reports uh, this week involving the governor. Um, I think the very next day there was a, a, mm-hmm. a report, I think out of St. Louis, uh, involving, and correct me if I'm wrong, some shell companies yes. uh, that have been used allegedly uh, for um, you know campaign contributions and, and to hide, to obscure who might be making those contributions. Uh, and then uh, the Sunshine lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, uh, filed as it relates to the governor and his staff's use of the Confide app. That's all of a sudden back in the headlines. Uh, should people be paying attention to those things, or are these kind of like side stories for now? Or, or I think they're going to come uh, to the to the forefront. Um, like you said, immediately the next day after the invasion of privacy charge was dropped, uh, we hear about shell companies um, from the special investigative committee, and it's important to note that since these charges have been dropped, two of their meetings have been public. They haven't really had. Tom was at the first meeting that was all of maybe 45 seconds uh, publicly, but uh, they had public meeting uh, the day after, so that Tuesday, and then yesterday when I was in Jefferson City, they had a public meeting, and they have still been finding things. I don't know if it's low-hanging fruit or what, but the Shell Company um, thing, I think, kind of threw some people off, and that still goes to ties into the charity donor list of trying to allegedly conceal names of people who gave uh, the governor money, and then the charity donor list in itself is a thing. The Confide app, uh, where basically uh, members of the governor's staff had the Confide app downloaded to their phone, and it was alleged that the governor and his staff were communicating um, government business with an app that deletes the information once you look at it. You can't even screenshot it. You can't take your finger off of it, and it deletes it. Uh, after the attorney general wrapped up his investigation, he said, eh, while it kind of seems murky, uh, they didn't violate the Sunshine Law, but now it's starting to come back up. So I think these types of things where there's more concrete evidence will uh, give the governor more headaches than uh, the win that he's had earlier this week. Uh, Stephen, sticking with you, you mentioned that you had been in Jefferson City the last couple of days. Um, we talked about this on Monday night's podcast that uh, as soon as those charges were dropped, we got statements from uh, legislative leaders in the House and the Senate saying the special session goes on. We're moving forward. Um, that special session starts tomorrow night. Yep. Um, walk us through uh, at least the first 48 hours, maybe the first 72 hours uh, of what that's going to look like. Yeah. So the special session and let's do a really quick recap. Since lawmakers had the right to call themselves into a special session, they've never done it in 30-plus years. Usually when it's a special session, the governor is calling them back to, oh, we need to pass the budget, special session to pass something key like education or things like that. Lawmakers all said, the House and Senate said, we have enough votes to call ourselves back to only talk about the investigation into misconduct, alleged misconduct by Governor Greitens. The regular session, they've been in session for months, the regular session ends Friday at 6 p.m. They're going to gavel out. We're done for the year. At 6.30 p.m., for the first time in the history of the state, they will gavel back in themselves at 6.30 on Friday night and say we are now in our special session. And that starts a time, a clock, 30-day clock, to see what the special investigative committee in the House can continue to find um, and possible an impeachment vote somewhere in that 30 days. 
The special committee said that they're going to have hearings. The governor's office, the office of the governor, hired two private attorneys, one's from Kansas City, and one is known as kind of like the fixer. Uh, he's worked with Mark Sanford in South Carolina and other governors who have faced possible impeachment. They get paid $660 an hour in taxpayer dollars, just to note. And uh, so they're, they've been hired to navigate this process. There are going to be hearings, and yesterday I learned that those private attorneys say all the witnesses that the special committee interviewed in secret they need to interview them out in the public so that everyone can see. So possibly KS, the hairstylist, the former um, you know mistress of the governor, they want her to testify publicly, which kind of gave a lot of people a stir yesterday. So the, basically, in short, the process is at 6.30 Friday evening, they're going to gavel in, start a special session. I don't see any fireworks happening Friday, but I think uh, in about 10 or 15 days, we might start to hear some more traction and eventually a possible impeachment vote. It's going to take a long, this is going to take a, a while. I mean, this is not, as Stephen was just saying, gaveling on 630 and, all right, guys, who's ready for a vote? Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is, you know, hearings, you know, testimonies, debates. This is going to take a while, not to mention, I mean, the, the, the significance of what they're discussing right now. Um, it's going to take time. You know, that's the biggest message to viewers with this impeachment session. They they working uh, during the weekend? Do we know? No, they will not be working on the weekend. And that's according to the minority leader, Gail McCain-Beatty, who's um, our Kansas City representative. She told me they won't be working on the weekend. Um, they have 30 days by Constitution. I think that's like a June 17th. Don't quote me on it, but um, I think it's like June 17th would be the, the last day in that 30 days. Stephen, you just sent out an email to the newsroom kind of going a, a blow by blow. Uh, and, and Tom, if you wanted to follow up on this a little bit, uh, so the one wild card that we have outside of Jefferson City is that computer tampering charge. Uh, there's a preliminary hearing, I think maybe maybe next week. Um, any any sense that uh, that that might you know kind of put a wrench in the impeachment process? We talked on Monday that boy, wouldn't it be fascinating if if the governor got a not guilty verdict ahead of the special session? Um, something similar like that play out for the other charge, do you think, Tom? That has to be weighing on them. I mean, this is huge. I mean, to be discussing, you know, the governor and possibly removing him from office, you know, I, I think the decision in that charity donor list is huge in regards to this. I mean, I don't, impeachment looks a lot tougher and the cause of impeaching uh, and removing Greitens from office is a lot tougher if this other case gets dismissed or he's found not guilty in it all. I, I just think you know, the, the dismissal, obviously, was a, a win for Eric Greitens, and there's a big fight ahead of him. Some would argue this charity donor list case is an even bigger fight for him, legally speaking. Um, I just think to be having the impeachment session during that, you kind of got to hold off and just watch what happens with that. That would just, I mean, as a lawmaker, I'm thinking, because, I mean, I know I, I, whenever we have a podcast about Greitens, I always go back to the quote that, uh, Bill Skaggs told me, you know, talking about the impeachment and removal of office by Judy Moriarty back in 1994, the last time a Missouri officer was removed from office after an impeachment proceeding. His quote was, you know, when you impeach someone and remove them from office, you better have a cause to do that because the person put them in office, uh, the, you know, the people of Missouri voted them in office. So to have this case looming over it, you know, unknown what happens with the charity donor list case. I just, again, going back to it's going to take time this special session. I don't see how you can take a lot of action with that 
trial still be to to be determined, you know? Yeah, they still haven't even announced um, if there will be a special prosecutor because that charge is also in St. Louis County with the circuit attorney in question who is in some hot water. And so um, I think they might probably um, find a special prosecutor. We don't even know a trial start date. And like Tom said, it's going to take time, but they have 30 days. And two interesting points. He mentioned uh, when he talked to the former lawmaker, um, Ross Garber, the office of the governor attorney who has been known as the fixer in, in this situation, he said, we have to understand that impeachment means undoing an election. A lot of people voted, you know, either way, if you like them or not. Um, you know, it's unheard of to undo, you know, an election decision um, this far out. And so that's one big thing. And then uh, another thing, question was yesterday, the governor can call a special session. What if those 30 days are up? Can Governor Greitens call another special session, call his own special session to continue this or or do his own type of investigation? That's something I didn't even think of, and I'm, a, I'm going to look it up. I mean, if the legislature has already called themselves into special session, like Tom mentioned, they only have 30 days. Well, can the governor call 30 more days? I, that's an interesting, I don't know. You brought up Garber, too, Stephen. And worth noting, too, for all of our viewers out there, that the governor has a very good legal team, you know, very experienced legal team for each aspect of the controversy he's facing right now. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, you know, the, the attorneys that are handling this impeachment process moving forward, watching and seeing what they do in regards to all this. All right. So next Tuesday, uh, maybe we'll learn a little bit more about the future of that uh, computer tampering charge. Uh, we'll have a crew in Jefferson City uh, Friday for the launch of uh, the special session, and, and we'll certainly uh, uh, you know be back on future podcasts as uh, the latest uh, revelations uh, turn uh, in in this case. We got some fun news um, over the weekend. Uh, if you saw us on social media, we're now on iTunes. Uh, search Forty One Files Podcast on the uh, on the iTunes app. Uh, subscribe, download, tell your friends uh, all the stuff you're supposed to do when you listen to a podcast. Uh, Stephen appreciates it. Tom appreciates it. I appreciate it. Uh, Taylor says hello from the morning show. Uh, he couldn't be here today because he had a, a haircut appointment at uh, at noon. I don't you had have to call him out. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to worry about that. So, um, you know, that put me in a good position to uh, to host today. So, uh, Tom, uh, appreciate it. Uh, get some rest the next couple of days. Uh, we'll see you next week. Steven, same thing. I think you're off tomorrow. Get some rest. Uh, we'll be back at it uh, next week for Sam Hartle, digital producer, Stephen Dial, Tom Dempsey. This is the 41 Files podcast. Shout out to Kevin Holmes. <laughs> <laughs>